Hey there, party people. It's your old buddy, Laser J. Just letting you know before the show starts that we've had some technical difficulties this week. And the episode's good, a-okay, but Kai had some issues with his headset, uh, which made, you know, some unavoidable pop and fizzles and crackles and staticky noises, uh, throughout the episode, and I try to clean it up where I can, uh, try to cover for him where he can, because there was also parts where his mic was cutting out, but, uh, we did the best we could, uh, and still a good episode, still a fun episode, we have some good conversations, some interesting commentary, uh, so, enjoy! Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> it's just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to last week of Mech March. Uh, we're Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm your host, Laser J, and with me, as always, is my good buddy and co-host. It's your co-host, Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep. Alrighty. Well, uh, it's Macross week here, because we're doing Super Dimensional Fortress Macross and Macross Plus. But more about those later, because first we got to... do a little bit about our weeks, and we got some upkeep to do, and we don't have... The full slew of our upkeep, but we got two things to talk about. The full suite? Yeah, the full suite. There you go. Yeah. Uh, But we got two things to talk about, and so we'll get to that after we get to our weeks. Uh, So, you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, because I don't really have a lot to talk about, because the combination of Macross and just stuff yeah. going on in my personal life. Just didn't have enough time to... haven't really checked. I mean, I've been playing more 14, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I'm finally getting more of a feel for you know, other stuff in that game. Like, I finally got my mount uh, and then I did my first few dungeons uh, with uh, some friends. Honestly, recommend going through your first time in a going through a dungeon with your friends because you need so you can learn the mechanics of yeah. the dungeon and, and that way you will know the mechanics when you're in the dungeon with randos okay but yeah I'm still playing paladin slash gladiator mm-hmm. but I am also leveling up uh dragoon ah yeah I don't I, um, I want to try out most of the classes just to be sure that you know, then find out what I like, I guess. Yeah. Um, cause I might end up liking one of the classes from the expansions. Yeah. Like a Dark Knight or Samurai. Or I've heard whatever. both of those are pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I know a few people who play Dark Knight and Samurai. Hmm. Uh, Ninja is also in the base game, so. Uh, there's that was added later. Mm-hmm. You have to go to Limsa Lamensa and talk to. There's a there's some there's a spot by the docks and you and you enter the rogue guild. And once you mm-hmm. do the rogue stuff, then you can become a ninja. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's not a starting 
class like all the other ones, even though it was added in uh, Realm Reborn. <laughs> but it's like a super secret class, which I guess makes sense for like a thief. Yeah, or a I rogue. mean, it's uh, a pretty secret thing. Yeah, and apparently there's when you do the ninja quest in Realm Reborn, it kind of like hints at the stuff that connects to Stormblood. Because mm. that takes place in the fantasy Japan. Yeah. Uh, Kurogane, or whatever the fuck it's called. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not too much to say there. I mainly just been focusing on the main quest. and uh have been leveling my first uh, gathering class, which is uh, fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably going to do blacksmith as well to make items and mining and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we'll but we'll see. I've heard fishing is pretty fun as a mini game. Oh yeah, it is. A lot of people when they're waiting on the dungeon queue, they fish. Oh. You know, it's, it's something to do when you're waiting for you know, like you put yourself in the queue for a a dungeon or the rota or the 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 roulette which will put you in a random dungeon. Yeah. And what that is for is mainly uh it's really easy to level up your first couple of classes by just doing the main quest and stuff, but mm-hmm. if you want to level up your other ones, you gotta like do you gotta do like dungeons and stuff, and that's what the roulettes and the the queues are for. Mm. And also like for getting item drops and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the only other thing that uh is probably worth mentioning is I did start watching Black Clover. Mm. I do like it so far, but I'm not. I don't think I'm far enough in to really make a a call. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I, like only I got like seven episodes. Yeah, I got a hundred something chapters into it, and I was just like, I, "There's one character I just can't fucking." He's irredeemable in my eyes. That I just yeah. And if he I was mean, a villain, that'd be one thing, but he's an ally, so it's kind of. Ugh. Yeah, it sucks because I I do like some of the characters so far. Oh yeah, uh, literally, almost all. I enjoy almost every character they've had except that one guy, and it's just too much to ignore for me. Yeah, I really like uh, Yami a lot. Yeah, Yami and uh, f- I forgot his name. The uh, the Yankee kid in the Black Bulls. Yeah, with the fire, ma- with the fire magic. Yeah, he's pretty good. And um I haven't seen her yet, but she was the re- she was one of the reasons that made me want to watch Club Black Clover was uh Mario Leo M. Uh the uh f- fire magic lady. I think that's how you say her name. Uh... She's not one of the Yeah, she's the sister of the uh Red the Lion Captain. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, you haven't met her. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, oh. it. It's been two. Like it's been two weeks. I. I literally like after we finished recording last episode, I started reading it, and oh. by like midweek, I was like, uh, I. I was done with reading it. I got to my quitting point. Uh, so it's kind of gone from my brain. I don't remember most of their names at this point. She's a scary lady. Fire punches. She's got... She's my type. 
you know what I, you know you know me yeah but yeah i, I haven't seen, I haven't I seen genuinely her genuinely don't know but i just i remember i seen also clips of her and it made me want to check out black clover yeah i don't think i got to i i've only the um the the flame guy who's a captain who mhm uh, his name's Leo something, right? And he's related yeah. to some other people. Yeah, he's got a little brother, and he's got a, a sister. I don't think I ever made it to the, where the sister is. Mm, okay. Or That's maybe fine. they introduced her, but we didn't get to really see what she's about. It could be different in the manga versus the anime. Could be. I haven't gotten too far. Yeah. But maybe that character you're talking about is... Less bad in the anime. Or maybe just less present. Or maybe just less present, or it could be a translation thing. It could be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lo- different localization teams translating things differently. I'm pretty sure I was reading a fan translation, so... Yeah, and fan translations tend to uh, be a little more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You see that Pro-ZD video with about the Naruto fan subs? Uh, no, it's it's like the official the official sub Naruto just like saying a normal line and then fan, the fan sub he just like has a he just says a bunch of curse words for no reason. Yeah, yeah. That the, there's that I mm, the context of the thing that bugged me about this character isn't quite something like that. It just feels like no, I get you. It, yeah. It, uh, it, he's a siscon. Uh, yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, uh, he. It's ugh, no, it no. It We're even if they translate, yeah. Just say even if they translated it differently, it's still just. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I might. I might be able to knowing it's coming. I might be able to ignore him. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I could definitely not... see him being... He he doesn't... There is an arc that sort of... he uh, Our main character has arcs with a lot of the main... A lot of the other Black Bulls sort of establishing oh, yeah. their characters. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if you got to that... I mean, you you must have gotten to that part because... Yeah, we're doing the one with um the Yankee, Yankee guy and Noel, obviously. Yeah, okay. Uh, this one's after that. Um, uh, okay. Not right after. I just mean after in the timeline, not immediately next. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's next actually, but um, basically, uh, he's the center figure of that arc because it's about the main character getting to know that character. Uh. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not much getting around that arc, mm-hmm. uh, but overall, he really feels like a character that could just be written out and downplayed entirely if other people don't much care for him. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the as the series goes on, yeah. he might just get thrown into the background, which happens a lot in shonen. So hey, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes him, so he just... The writer doesn't bother doing anything with him. Yeah. 
He's not super important. <coughs> Sorry. He's not super important because he's not the rival character. And he's not yeah. uh, the cool senpai. He's, and he's not the boss. And he's not one of the captains. He's just there. Just there. Yeah. And there's other... But mm-hmm. because he's one of the ones that got an arc, he's more developed than some of the other uh, Black Bulls. Mm. And when I say more developed, I just mean his power set is more developed. Because ah, um, okay. even to where I got, there's some of them that I just don't know what their powers are. Uh, yeah, I know what some of them can do. Yeah, like same. I, like I, yeah. I know uh, the little girl who likes to eat has like wool power. Yeah. Uh, all I know about the the lady, the lady is. That she's a drunkard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what her deal is yet. Neither do I, because she hasn't really done much besides drink. Uh, We know what's his name, the the pretty boy. He has like teleportation magic. Yeah, that's all he does. He's just their teleporter. I forget his name. The kid who really likes to fight a lot. He has like lightning. Yeah, yeah. He and has an arc. Has I think he has an arc before mm-hmm. the Siscon. Yeah. Uh, but Magna has his, like, I have a baseball bat made out of fire and just other stupid bullshit. I'm like, alright, that's pretty good. Mm. And then I I kind of appreciate that the rival character doesn't have a power that's per, that's like what I put this. It's not like it's super original, but it's, like, slightly non-standard. Yeah. Like, wind is not really a... I don't think of a rival when I think of wind. Yeah. I think of, like, lightning or fire or even, like, light magic or something. Yeah. Also, it's nice that he's not an asshole. Oh, yeah, no. I actually like that they're friends. Yeah. It's a friendly rivalry. It's a serious-to-the-bones rivalry, but it's also civil. And they don't hate each other, and they actually, they're brothers, and they love each other, and I love it. Though they're not brother brothers, but they're adopted they're brothers. brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. They grew up in the orphanage together. Um, yeah. And I like that. I wish there were more shonen rivalries that were like that. Yeah. Leg- legitimate rivalries instead of, like, they hate each other. It's the exact opposite of uh, My Hero. Because exactly, uh, the main guy saved Rival, and Rival has been trying to catch up to him ever since. But he's actually technically better than him because he has magic more naturally, at least in the eyes of the world and society as the whole. Yeah, and uh, uh, the Rival, you know. Basically, is like, nah, nah, Astra can do it, though. Yeah. He believes all, in all Astra I... more than anyone. I love it. Yeah, it's great. He... I think... Oh, sorry, go on. No, Yeah, he, he does believe in Astra more than anyone, and I like that. Yeah. I think like... the only person who believes in Asta more than you know is Asta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Basically. <laughs> There's nothing like special about Asta, but there's nothing bad about him either. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
he's he's a pretty typical shonen protagonist, but like there's nothing bad about him. He's another Rock Lee. He's Rock Lee if Rock Lee were stupider. Yeah, uh, he's he's Naruto Rock Lee fusion. Yeah, basically Naruto Rock Lee fusion. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the stuff about when he finds out where his magic comes from. Yeah. That legitimately interests me, especially when it's like, oh, by the way, your devil is a super shitty devil. Yeah. Like, the the, the deal is, is that devils are beings made of magic. Yeah. And so the, the realm that they're in, there's like a gate that keeps them from escaping because it's like an anti-magic barrier. Mm-hmm. So apparently what happened was is that the devil that Asta is bonded with was th- was basically bullied and thrown at the gate, but because he has anti-magic, he passed through the gate. <laughs> oh, I like that. And he, but devils can't have physical forms, so he was bound to a mm. more. Okay. So basically, they're both. They need each other. They're okay. both useless on their own, but together they're really strong. Which I like. Yeah, I like but, that. Yeah, it's cool. It, uh... Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, no, go on. Go. I, I was going to say, it, um... It kind of grows... Or, not grows, um... Expands on... I, I know a lot of people consider it reductive to compare things to prior works. Uh, mm. But I, I think when we're talking about a, a, a genre that is very homogenous... I think it's worthwhile because you see the growth rather throughout a series from one series to the next generation of series. Um, So particularly Shonen. So I think, uh, so fuck you to anyone who's telling me stop comparing things to Naruto. Um, It's hard not to compare something to its contemporaries. Here, predecessor in this case. Predecessor slash content. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, and it's it's one of the most... like It's hard not to compare any shonen with Naruto or Bleach or One Piece. Like, you're whoever. Like, the, you're the big ones, right? It's, yeah. It's what we do as humans. And it's like, it is a bit reductive, but at the same time, I think it's important to compare genres like that. Yeah, and I'm not really... And this isn't so much a comparison. This is just a... um. A connecting thread, I think, mm-hmm. where it, it's my appreciate. It, it's an appreciation for the evolution of a homogenous genre like shonen. Um, in that, uh, Asta and his demon being able to be stronger together and work together and stuff like that. That was some of my favorite shit in Naruto when Naruto and the QB got like on the same page, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so seeing anything that sort of takes that, that road and expands on it a little, and I, I don't know for sure if Black Clover actually expands on it or just uses it, um, but I'm gonna hope that it expands on it a little bit, uh, makes me happy. Yeah. It's, I'm, it's, it's just one of those things that finding out that it really committed to its concept it's like at first I heard like oh he had devil magic I'm like oh they they 
they chickened out. Yeah. Like, no. Not at all. Devil it's... magic is different from other magic, so it's like... Yeah. yeah. And also, without Asta, the devil is literally a book. And without the demon, Asta can't do jack shit. Yeah. So... They yeah. need each other. Which I think is... Which is, I think, how any type of, like... Uh, how that trope should be done, yeah. in my opinion, of the my power comes from whatever the fuck. Yeah. Or you can, I mean, I don't, maybe not how it should be done, but it's one of the ways it can be done well. Because um, Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen also does that really well, too. Yeah. In a different way, but yeah. It's like, instead of working together or they need each other it's like the interesting aspect of it is is that the thing that Itadori gets his power from is literally the final boss yeah that oh man I okay uh, I was going to do this off Mike but um have you been following Jujutsu Kaisen as it came out or um I know all the stuff that's been happening but I haven't been following it okay uh, I think we should do that as an episode after sometime after our break. Hmm. With the anime? Uh, yeah. yeah, the anime. Because in previous episodes, I've said my issue with the manga version. I would like to see if the anime does it a little better. It uh, mm-hmm. solves my issues. Um, and also, I've seen clips, and ooh, that animation just so pretty. It is. Really is. Yeah. Uh, but, anyway... That's that's it. Okay. That's my that's my week. Okay. Uh, I've had a sh- I have a short week too, uh, which works out. Uh, two things that I don't really. Literally, they happened last night and today, so there's not enough to really dive into them yet. Uh, so I'm not even going to bother. I'll talk about them more next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. The one thing I did do this week uh, that is worth talking about, at least mentioning, is I watched uh, Digimon Adventure Last Evolution Kazuna. Mm-hmm. Absolutely worth watching. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. Uh, mm. it, it on par with our war game. Mm. I'll have to check it out. I just, my it, entire... I've just been soured for a while because of Try. I understand... And it is exact. It is far closer to what people wanted from Try than what Try was. Hmm. Uh, I, I was thinking this while I watched it, and then I afterwards read a couple reviews, and it reinforced what I already think. It does a lot of what Toy Story three did. Uh, or Digimon. No, specifically Toy Story three. Hmm. Did you see Toy Story 3? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it it does a lot of what Toy Story 3 did about um, learning to let go and growing up and uh, stuff like that. Uh, hmm. It, it's, it, it's about how a partnership between a Digimon and a Digidestined ends. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I would 
absolutely say it's a perfect double feature with our war game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, genuinely looking forward to eventually talking about Digimon yeah. on the show. Like, properly. Each season requires its own episode, though. It does. So, um, it does. Because they're just that long. Yep. Um, so we will do that eventually. Um, mm-hmm. I say after we do Adventure 02, which we'll do after Adventure, obviously, uh, we do an episode that's a double feature of our war game and Last Kazuna. Hmm. Or Kazuna Last Evolution. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will say, there's one thing that really just weirded me out in it, and it... They're uh, Ty and Matt are in college in it. They're, like, adults, more or less. And there's yeah. just a scene of them at a barbecue place, drinking beer, having barbecue. And it's like... It, it makes sense, but my brain don't compute it good. It's surreal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's, I cannot recommend it enough. Even if those, uh, new evolutions for, uh, Agumon and, uh, Gabumon are whack, they look ugly to me, mm-hmm. but, uh, with the context of the series, I've actually grown fond of not the series, the, the context of the movie, I have grown to like them. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I still think they're kind of... Ugly, yeah. They look more like uh, Power Rangers villains than Digimon. Ah, I feel you. Yeah, but that's that. Is there anything else? Oh, I played uh, a little bit of a uh, a grand strategy game called Stellaris. Oh, I've heard of Stellaris. Yeah, it's a little bit like civilization uh but a closer comparison would be crusader kings because it's made by the same people who made crusader kings okay um it's pretty fun uh i i i realize oh i just like grand strategy games (laughs) i don't much care for rts games i don't much care for like uh you know like XCOM style strategy games but i like grand strategy i like political the mac the macro. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I mean, big surprise. I like political dramas. Why wouldn't I like a game that's all about the politics of running a government, of running a kingdom or an empire? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, fuck it. I started playing Neopets, but that was yesterday. Oh, f- f- <laughs> you can't just say these things. <laughs> I, I haven't done enough to really be worth talking about. I, it, it's one of the things that I just said I don't ha- I'm not, I haven't done enough to be worth talking about but I just wanted to thro- I, oh. I felt like throwing it out there okay <laughs> um wow alright I have the same issues I had with it as a 12 year old mm-hmm. but I also have a bit more patience to actually try to understand it and I think I have better resources i.e. a wiki <laughs> Uh, yeah. in order to understand it. Uh, yeah. And things are making a little more sense. And the website is a mess because there's some parts that they've updated, some parts they have. They're in a, the, the website's a mess. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's fucking Neopets. Yeah. 
but I, uh, I, I'm enjoying it genuinely. Mm. Um, I still don't think I'll ever get into the Battle Dome. That mm-hmm. just it didn't interest me then, but it does now. Mostly, I just want to amass Neo points so I can get paintbrushes so I can have interesting looking Neo pets. Yeah, isn't that isn't that always the way? Yeah. It's all about the fashion, man. Yeah. I I have three Neopets so far. I have a... Uh... Oh, boy. I have a Kyrie named Bortolomew. Mm-hmm. I have a Bori that's like a an armadillo dog, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, named Ringo Star that I picked up at the Neopets uh, Pound. Mm-hmm. And then I have a Grundo named Zententiana that I named. Hmm. Uh, Bort's blue, Ringo's red, Zent is uh, purple. All right, then. Yeah. And then the last thing that I don't really have enough to say about I also started playing 14 but I literally only did the walk around the main place and go to the adventures guild and listen to the lady talk oh yeah um you were starting as a lancer right yeah oh that means you're in Gridania. yeah yeah I'm playing an aura oh you're a dragon man yep uh Yeah, uh, mostly because I I messed around with the character creation for all the different races, and the the mm-hmm. appearance I liked the most was the aura I made. So. Mhm. Uh, but yeah, each class will start depending on which one class you are. You'll start in a de- one of the three city states. Interesting. Okay. And then and then after a certain point, once you reach level fifteen and you kind of gotten done with like the introductory quests and stuff. It's like, hey, you're the envoy for the city. Go to the other city-states. Ah. Uh, and then and then you'll attune to the Aetherites of the, the, the new city-states and then, like, meet the leaders of those city-states and et cetera, okay. et cetera. Okay. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, me, I started in Ulda, which is, hmm. like, Af- East, like, Africa slash the Middle East. Okay. It's like... Oh, I wish I started out in Desert Town. Well, you would have had to have been a pugilist or a black mage or a gladiator. I was considering pugilist. Um, no. I mean, you could just you can just make that your home base later. I might do that. I like deserts. Yeah, what you you can because uh, there's the return button that has it's your home aetherite, and you can mm. reset that at any point. Interesting. So you can just make Old Da your home. So, if you like that place better. Black mages are attack magic, right? Yeah, they're long-range DPS. Okay. What's a Thaumaturge? A Thaumaturge is the starting class for Black Mage. Okay, okay. Uh, And then Pugilist is the starting class for Monk. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah, Gladiator becomes Paladin, Lancer becomes Dragoon. Archer becomes Bard. Hmm. And then... I forget the thing that White Mage... Like, White Mage starts out as. 
think it's uh, Arcanist. Hmm. And then White Mage. But you, I think Arcanist can either be a White Mage or a Summoner. Hmm. But I don't know. I haven't done any of that shit. Okay. Well, uh, we'll find out as we go further into yep. A Realm Reborn. Yep. Uh, but that's my week. So, mm -hmm. uh, let's just, uh, let's hop on into Amphibia. And that was not a planned pun, but it worked I was, out. I was about to ask. Yeah, it it was just a pleasant coincidence through my general parlance and way of speaking. So. Alright, so we got, what, we got Ivy on the run, After the Rain, and the First Temple, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, Ivy on the run is... Your typical uh, uh, kid doesn't want to do the parents thing. Rebellious child thing. Yeah. Uh, wants to do the things they in are interested in. Turns out the parents thing leads to the thing they're interested in. But in a circuitous route. And it's parent and child. Or parent child gaining new appreciation for parent. And it also is like the doing the Karate Kid thing of wax on, wax off. Yeah. But it's tea. Yeah. It's a cute enough episode. It's kind of yeah. nice to get an episode about a character who's not one of the planters. For sure. Yeah. It's nice every once in a while. I would like another episode with um the creepy girl. I forget her name. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. I I'd like one another one with her, honestly. Yes, agreed. I would. I would also... I kind of want an episode about Toadie. I do too. Can I just get an entire episode that's the day in the life of Toadie? Yeah. That'd be pretty funny, actually. I kind of... I, I really love episodes that are about one-note characters that and you get to see in that one episode... Oh, they're not actually one note. It's just the role they fit in the show is one note. You know what would be a fun episode is in the background, the planters are doing a thing, and then, like, we just focus in on everybody else. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And then the second segment would be what the planters are doing. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Like, I like we that. We get a, a bunch lot. of little vignettes, like, with Loggle and uh, Mrs. Croker and Toadie. Yeah. And well, um, Wally, like literally everybody else in the, and then it's, you don't know what the planters is doing. And then the second I was like, oh yeah, that was what was happening during all these I, little stories. I could fuck with that. I, I like that. Yeah. I want tales of Wartwood. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, I don't remember what after the rain was. It's the episode where. Anne finds out that Hop Pop hit the box. Right! How can I fucking forget that? Uh, shit. Yeah. I called it. Yeah, you sure did. Called it. But, um... Anyway, yeah, this was the episode where Anne finds out that 
uh, Hop Pop had buried the box instead of actually sending it out and felt betrayed. Rightly so. Very rightly so. She was lied to and she felt like she she felt like she couldn't trust Hop Pop anymore. And this is kind of leads into the next episode, but I'm glad that that plot point didn't just go away. Oh, no. Yeah. After this yeah. episode. It wasn't just wasn't magically solved by Hop Pop just apologizing and explaining himself. Like that's not how real life works. No, it like, ain't. Like you can apologize, and that's the first step. But people Should need time. Takes... Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's get into the first temple. Oh. Hachi Machi. This was a good one. Yeah. Usually in a, a, a two-segment show when there's only a single segment, you know, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, I think they were able to help. The, I think the pacing really worked because they were basically through-lining two different subplots into the main plot, which was uh, Anne and Pop Pop's still the tension between them and then, of course, Marcy's whole thing about her concentration. Yeah, her and in the yeah. zone, hyper focus. Yeah, which relatable to some degree. Relatable. Missing the forest for the trees. Oh yeah, as the, as the saying goes. Yeah. How much you want to bet that they're gonna make the fucking uh, frog chess a mini game on the Disney site? Yeah. Uh, if it isn't, yeah. Do they still do, like, games on the Disney website? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I generally have not been to a television station's website since, like, middle school, so I, I don't know. I mean, uh, neither do I, but it's just like, it's that, that seems like a thing they would do, right? Oh, for sure. That and, like, uh... Like uh, Infinite Runner with Wally or something like that. Yeah, but going off of the thing we were saying earlier about Hot Pop and Anne. Yeah. That we were we continued that plot point where there, there's tension. Exactly, and Hot Pop is like, "I thought you forgave me," and Anne is like, "Well, maybe I spoke too soon." Yep. And this is a how do I put this? This is one of those situations where it neither person is in the wrong, you know, which I think a lot of people, a lot of shows will end up doing where when two characters have an argument or something like this happens, one character is clearly obviously in the wrong. Yeah. But they make it seem like they're not. Yeah. Um... Because, I mean, Hop-Hop did the one thing that put him in the wrong, but he is genuinely trying to make amends for that, so the, the tension in this one, he's not in the wrong, but... No, uh, he's not. He's and, trying. And he's trying, yeah, but Anne's uh, necessity for time is not wrong. He, yeah, she's in the right. It's well within her right. Uh, yeah. She has the right to feel, well... But not to put a fine point on it, betrayed. Yeah. Big betrayal. Like Hop Top betrayed her trust. And. That. And she doesn't. And also, 
Anne's conclusion about, um, it was about protecting my family, and her being like, well, I guess you don't consider me family. Yep. I'm like, no, that's an obvious, I mean, it's that's not true, but it's an obvious conclusion for her to come to, especially when she's so upset. Yeah, and uh, let's be fair, um, at the time that he buried it, he didn't feel like she was that that feeling came a lot later i'm at if if i'm remembering correctly yeah the box was hearing him her giving him the box was pretty early on in season one if i remember correctly yeah uh so that there's been a lot of time and a lot of happenings between that and then but it's also so he had a lot of time to go back on that and actually try to do something about it uh Mm. but also uh, it's the kind of thing you could absolutely forget about that you buried it. And he that, did. Yeah. He totally did. Yep. Um, and it was also just really nice to see Marcy again. I love yep. Marcy. Marcy, very good. Marcy's uh, my favorite of the three girls, actually. You know, I don't, I don't want to say that. I really like Anne a lot too. I don't know. I like all Marcy- three of them. Marcy's the one I relate to the most, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, all three of them are good. I'm looking forward to... There is uh, no best girl. They're all best girl. But exactly. Marcy's the one I relate to the most, yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's that's what it is. Yeah. And I hope we get, you know, more stuff with her. And I'm looking forward to the eventual, you know, uh, where Sasha shows up and... And Marcy and Anne are both there, and that's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. It's going to be some trauma. Yeah. But It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. But, fuck all that. Fuck all the that. goddamn king! What the fuck was that shit at the end of, this, at the end of that episode? What the fuck was that shit? Uh, hold on real quick right now. Just give me one moment. Warning. Warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. Ahead. The fuck was that Eldritch Horror shit? Yeah, what the fuck was that Eldritch Horror shit? It comes I mean, it doesn't come completely out of nowhere because we saw all the other Eldritch Horror things at the bottom of the castle, but also, like... Yeah, but we're talking old one. We're yeah, talking. Please excuse our technical difficulties. Uh-oh. All right, so Eldritch Horror. Yeah, uh, we're back. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Sorry uh, about that, folks. But uh, yeah, Eldritch Horror. Just... Sorry. <laughs> right away. I was playing with a fidget spinner, and I dropped it. Uh. Yeah, I I need some fidget toys. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Eldritch Horror in the basement of the castle. The king was like, he said the prophecy is being undone, master. And I have a theory about what that means. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Um, my theory is that the reason the king is so gung-ho about sending the kids back is because... They're the ones who are supposed to stop the evil thing. 
It's their destiny to stop it. It's the prior of the prophecy. But like, if we send them back, they can't do the thing. I took that in a completely different way. Hmm. Um, I took that in a. Uh, I disregarded the prophecy being undone. I didn't disregard it, but I forgot about it. Um, I took that in a. They'll open a portal that will allow them to extend the empire beyond this realm. Ah, pulling the uh. Yeah, similar to the like out the out what the owl house was doing. Yeah. Which, by the way, I still want that crossover. Yeah. Uh, I even just a sight gag crossover would be fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Uh, the only the only thing I was I considered. Uh, this is how I think I'd consider writing a fic, but the only thing that I felt would be really hard to work around was the fact that both of them are trying, like, Anne is trying to get home, but Luce can just go home whenever she wants. Yeah. And it would be really hard to write around that. that. But now Luce can't go home, so hey. Yeah. But anyway, um, that that's my theory, is that the prophecy, again, is being undone. The the girls are supposed to be there, and they're supposed to stop a thing, but now the king is trying to send them back home, so they can't stop doing the thing. So they can stop them from doing the thing. Whatever it is. Yeah. They're skipping a part of the Isekai, where, rather than save the world, they just immediately went to, how the fuck do we get home? Mm-hmm. Because no one told them to save the world. <laughs> yeah, no one told them. What if Sasha and the Toad is actually doing what the prophecy foretold? Hmm. Maybe. That could be interesting. That's the only way I could see there being some sort of redemptive arc. Where she, like, falls ass backwards into doing the actual right thing. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't consider that aspect of it. I didn't think about it until just now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what the fuck all that shit's about. For sure. Uh, Amphibia remains top tier. Amphibia, good. Everyone go watch Amphibia. <laughs> Fucking do it. If you if you're if you've been listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Amphibia, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Uh, also, sorry for spoiling it for you if you've actually yeah, listened sorry to for spoil- segments. <laughs> yeah, sorry for spoiling it. But, I mean, that's what spoiler warning's for. Yeah. Also, it- just, the, the mm. entire show deserves a spoiler warning. Like, it, it yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of spoilers... Yeah, DuckTales! The Last Adventure! Hoo boy! Uh, oh. before... We- yeah, but yeah. before we get real deep in there, uh, start talking about it, I just want to bring up possibly my favorite gag from the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I live again! Again. Just... Keith David was already there, right? Yeah, he was there to do some... Well, I mean, they're probably all recording from home, but... But, I yeah. mean, he was. they already had him on tap because he was doing Amphibia, so might as well have oh, yeah. him... Do the, the Gargoyles reference. Yeah, also, They Live shows Keith David will do anything you ask him to. Uh, 
I mean, it, yeah, that's true. But also, <laughs> the fact that we even, the fact that we also got like a remix of the Gargoyles theme, also in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. But anyway, so Ducktales: The Last Adventure, the end of the whole show of the re- of the reboot. Sad to <sighs> see it go, but it was a great send off. It really was. Um, I'd be remiss if I did mention this, but the April, May, June thing, that's a reference to Daisy's nieces. Yeah. That's whack, man. Yeah, they they pulled in every bit of lore they could, and mm-mm-mm good. Yeah. I mean, I think they kind of were, like, were hinting at that reference when Donald was about to go on his trip, and he asked if Daisy wanted to... Uh, stowaways. May and June. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. Sad we don't get to see that. <laughs> They're uh, technically his cousins. <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because they're Scrooge's kids, and he and and Donald's his nephew. So. Oh, Webby is their Webby is their cousin now. Yeah. By oh you yeah. In case it wasn't obvious, big. If you haven't watched the finale of Ducktales, we've already done the spoiler warning, and we've already done the spoiler warning. But this this entire show is. If you don't like spoilers, don't listen. Please listen to this show. Two very boring minutes later. So yeah, last adventure. Uh. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. More technical double. More technical double But anyway. What was yeah. I saying? Called the I, clone thing. Yeah, the clone thing, yeah. I called that. Uh, uh yep. I I didn't think it was going to be a clone of Webby. Was yeah. the, the, the was the swerve or yeah. that Webby was a clone. That was the that was a swerve yeah. that I didn't see coming. Holy shit. Uh real good though. Real real oh, yeah. good. Oh, yeah, no yeah, uh, Again, this is more sadness about the show not continuing. I'm sad we don't get to explore Scrooge being a dad. We got to see a tiny little bit of what that would be like uh, mm-hmm. during the credits, but um, yeah, not yeah. nearly as much as I'd love to. Also, so, uh, you know, just on the subject of the show's over, so there's just plot points that we're never going to see resolved. We're never going to see the stuff with Magicka's brother resolved, and we're never going to see the, yeah. the Negaduck stuff resolved either, unless the Darkwing Duck TV show continues I, from I this. I am so positive that's not even going to be connected. It, yeah. I I wish it were, but unfortunately it probably won't be. Yeah. Which sucks. Because this Darkwing Duck is great. Yeah, it, it's a great version of Darkwing Duck. Uh, much as I like Seth Rogen, it doesn't feel like the type of tone he would go for. No, not really. And it's unfortunate. Uh, Yeah. Um, you know how we were complaining about Huey not having an arc for a long time? Yeah. I think he did get, I think he finally got one this season, actually. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the, him figuring out Fowl and his plans Running a foul, I guess. I don't know. Trying not to think of a pun, but yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, 
didn't see the swerve with uh, Bradford being Finch's son. That that really feels out of nowhere. Yeah, a little bit. He's not even a Finch. <laughs> I mean, uh, fair. I mean, the McDucks but, are all ducks. Uh, I mean, he could he could be adopted. Yeah, and anything. Yeah, it it'd be some. I would like to see that sort of thing approached more, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh but it was really cool. I, I, you know, what I kind of wish we could see more of in these three, this three-parter was Goslin interacting with all the other kids. Yeah, that. Yeah, they, there was just no time. There was no time. I feel like this could have been a four-parter. Honestly, really there was been. there was so much happening. Yeah, but I well, I mean, in the series, there wasn't enough time for Goslin to have interaction because we didn't. The last time she showed up was her introduction. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then now, and that's basically it. I love the bit about Drake never figuring out. Who Gizmo Duck is? Yeah, that that. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! What a uh, fucking idiot! Cause I can't believe that Launchpad was Gizmo Duck the whole time. I god. Like. It, it's so on brand for either version of Drake Mallard, though. I mean, it is. Um, it, it was just it was silly. Yeah. It was very silly. Um, but I'm glad basically all the villains got to show up as well, like, except for Mark Beaks, but who cares about Mark Beaks? Yeah, Mark Beaks is, uh, Gizmo Duck's villain. He really is. Yeah. And we just, so we got Glomgold and the Beagles and even Magicka was there, which I was yep. surprised by. I mean, you know, if this were me... I would have had, like, some sort of... It was... You know what? No. I take that back. I was going to say I would have had, like, a showdown with each of the individual groups of characters with a villain that, you know, matched them. But, you know what? Launchpad getting to have his big hero moment is also really good, so... Yeah. Whatever, right? Yeah. Launchpad getting to do something more than be an idiot. Be a uh, hero. Yeah. Legit I do... cried. Yeah. Yeah, you're not alone on that one. I mean, this whole episode had me fucking weak. Yeah. For sure. It was such a strong, strong end. Uh, man. I don't... Hmm. This is, like, the second time we've really, really talked about a series that lasted more than a couple seasons that, you know, it ended prematurely, but it had, like, a really, like, it was, we had talked about OKKO. OK yeah. And then now now this feels like yeah. a... But I feel like this got to end a little better. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I still wish there was more, but, yeah, this this definitely feels... And, yeah, this feels like a better ending than what OKKO OK had. And OKKO OK did the 
best damn it could with the time mm-hmm. it had to get a good ending. And DuckTales, DuckTales did the best damn it could too. Yeah, this this reboot. I hope that this quality continues. <clears throat> if Disney decides to do more reboots like it or other things. I mm, I don't I'm not holding my breath but I you know. do not doubt they'll do more reboots but it won't be like this one. Yeah. I don't think anything will be like this. Uh the showrunner's next work will be similar. Um, oh yeah, true, is a but you know what I mean. Say, but you know what I mean though. Yeah, I I know. Um because I mean we they have fucking Seth Rogen and the rest of the Sausage Party crew on the Darkwing Duck reboot. So that you already know that's going to be very different. Yeah. Um, I will say in their defense, I would be very interested in doing a deep look at the production of Sausage... Not Sausage Party. You could not pay me to watch Sausage Party. No. No, um, no, 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 no. Uh, you couldn't you, pay me either. You couldn't pay me, but I would be fascinated to do a look into the production of it uh, to see if there was investor interference or something like that. Because you know what you're getting with Seth Rogen, but I genu- generally enjoy Seth Rogen. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you don't because we're different I don't, people. I know. I've, I, I do not. I neither dislike. Nor hate him, like yeah. I, I, I just I, I am ambivalent. Yeah. To Seth Rogen. I enjoy him. Uh, the the maybe I I, I don't know. Uh, I I enjoy his brand of dumbassery. Mm-hmm. Um, but while the concept of Sausage Party really does feel like something that's up his alley, I'd be interested to see what sort of interference there was to. Just to give him and his crew the benefit of the doubt, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Also, uh, the concept of Sausage Party was done better in a five-minute segment on The Amazing World of Gumball. Yes. Yes. But, anyway, DuckTales. Yeah. DuckTales, yeah. Uh, but just saying, I, I don't think... Disney... Disney lives in this weird world where they, for certain things, they try to do the same thing again and again and again, and then in other things, they never want to repeat what they did. Yeah, it's weird. They they did Tangled, and then they just wanted to keep doing Tangled. And then they did Moana, and now they want to do more Moana, but not Moana. And, and they did... Uh, Frozen. Fro- well, Frozen is the evolution of Tangled. That's true. Um, Surprised Tangled got a show and Frozen didn't. Well, Tangled never got a movie sequel. Frozen did. I think that says how much they put mm. stock in Frozen. Yeah, uh, as, also a, f- as a yeah bigger brand. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, I could see them doing Frozen 3 even, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, th- there's certainly something there. 
Uh, it could even go converging paths. You could have... Uh, you haven't seen Frozen. You haven't watched Frozen, so of course you haven't seen Frozen 2. No, I haven't seen either of those bitches. Yeah. Um, I genuinely enjoy both of them. Uh, memory aside, over satur- oversaturation within the zeitgeist aside, I enjoy them. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, 2 ended in such a way that there's converging paths to where you could have Frozen 3, but you could also do a series about either of those converging paths. Okay. But I don't... What I would do with either of those does not feel like what Disney would want to do in general. Because one is a political drama, and the mm-hmm. other is a, uh, a Monster of the Week adventure type thing. Yeah. Uh, just because but... of where certain characters end up. But, um... DuckTales. Yeah, it all ties back. But yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about DuckTales. It was it was so fucking good. Yeah. the It was... You know what my favorite joke in all of this was? What? Was when they saw Ludwig von Drake, and it was like, you that was in the 60s, you should be dead. Yeah, well, with all being busy with the, the research and all, I kind of forgot. Yeah. To, <laughs> to just die. Yeah. Uh, oh, that reminded me. I, I did ver- very briefly, uh, not even a full episode's worth, I did decide to look at Quack Pack. Oh, buddy. I tapped out within the first, like, before the first episode ended, I tapped out. Cause I was just oh, like, yeah, no, yeah, it's, right. it's trash. Uh, I was shocked to find out that it is actually billed. <laughs> billed their ducks. <laughs> As a direct sequel to the original DuckTales. Yeah. Because yeah. Dr- Drake is in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild. I, I mean, yeah. my... It has my favorite Daisy. That is a very good Daisy, yeah. But that's about all I can say good about. Yeah. Quack, 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 honestly. Yeah. But... DuckTales, um, sorry. No, no, no. There was all. There was never going to be an ending that was going to completely satisfy me because there was so much that needed to happen. There was so many things that could have happened. There were so many characters that needed to. There was no way you were going to have everybody get to do exactly as much as you wanted them to, or solve every single plot thread, or have yeah. all the plot threads within even this three-parter be uh, perfect but yeah. honestly for, for everything that could have gone wrong or things that there's everything like it did mm-hmm. like did you could have easily cut out some of the subplots but they worked like the donald and della uh subplot about wanting to go on his trip with daisy or um yeah it, it also but it does feel appropriate for della and donald I, it, oh yeah, it, it does. Uh, it didn't feel necessary, but it did feel appropriate. Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't linger too much on the May and June being imposters thing for too yeah. long, because that would have been really annoying. For sure. Especially because, ugh, I just I just hate that shit. It's 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 annoying. Spider Man has uh put me. It uh, made me a little tired of clones, on the whole. 
Nah, yeah. Hmm. I'm fine with the clones. It's just like the the initial like, oh, here we go. The under the misunderstanding and the the reveal and the yeah. blah blah blah. I'm glad we got past that real quick so we could get to the actual shit. Yeah. But um I can't believe the resolution was the power of friendship, literally. Well, not literally, but power of family, actually. Yeah. You love to see it, though. You love to see it. Because family is the greatest adventure, and just like, uh... That was an excellent culmination of Huey's, uh... Louis, you mean? Lou, yeah, Louis, my bad. Louis, uh, talk about it. Yeah, basically. All of them kind of got to do something. Dewey got to he do his pilot thing. He got to be a leader. Yep. After all that time, Louie did the thing a contract. And Huey had his whole, like, whole... Basically, Huey... Huey got to do a lot of stuff in this three-parter, honestly. And I'm glad. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was sort of uh, one of the major cruxes of uh, Bradford's choice, of Bradford's plan. Uh, yeah. It was it was really interesting. I'm I'm sad that you know I kind of wish that we had tried and set that up earlier so that I don't know, maybe that's again I'm I'm asking to, I'm I'm trying to f make it what it isn't instead of what it actually is. It would have been something for an additional season. Yeah, you, you would have needed that to. You you could have introduced uh, May and June this season finale and ha given them some development over the next season. You could have seen uh, Bradford and Finch and Huey's thing at develop yeah. over a full season. And you could have maybe seen uh, Della and Donald's little plot line develop over a full season. We could have seen Goslin uh, interact with the kids a little bit. Uh, th there's a lot we could have seen. <sighs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, woulda, know. coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Uh, and and it's enough to the point where you think they had season four planned a little bit, and they did their best to get as much as they could into the finale. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like season four was the planned final season, but they just didn't get that extra season. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but again. This ended way better than. I mean, I I say way better than I expected, but this show has consistently amazed. Yeah, amazed. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch all of it, but I'm of the opinion that season two might be the weakest of the three. But that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, we never did season one for the show. We didn't. We in fact we one of the first things we ever did was season, was season. two. Yeah. Yeah. But we kind of ended up talking about the whole show, really. Yeah, yeah well, and, and it goes with the turf. goes with the turf, so... Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think we'll ever do, like, a full proper thing of this, because we've kind of said all we want to say as we've watched it. Yeah. But maybe we'll go back and watch the old one at some point. For sure, yeah. I think a year or two down the line, we could go back and do... Not a year or two down... Even maybe end of this year would be enough time uh, to go back and do season one of this. Yeah. Um, 
possibility. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind doing the, the the original as well. For sure. I would love to take a look at some Disney Afternoon stuff in general. Um, I'd love to do the original with the original Dark Green Duck, honestly. It feels like the natural pairing, for sure. Yeah. Um, we could do Tailspin with, that, with Rescue Rangers. That is a very good pairing, yeah. I think Gargoyles deserves its own episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as much as I'd love to do bonkers with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of deserves its own episode. Yeah, you're not wrong. Or we could do it with something like Sonic or something. Bonkers with something, but... Oh, I, I um, meant Roger Rabbit, but yeah. Oh, Roger, yeah, yeah, Roger, yeah, yeah. Uh, with but, Sonic, but yeah. Oh, God, the Sonic movie. People are too harsh on that movie. That's a good fucking movie. Fair enough. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum here. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a fine movie. It's a perfect. Okay. Aside from the human being a cop, it's a perfectly fun <laughs> uh, road trip movie. Uh, but um, you know what else I'm glad about that they kind of dodged with uh. This three-parter mm-hmm. was the, Webby finds out she's Scrooge's act, like actual blood relation, mm-hmm. but that didn't it didn't change her relationship with Beakley. Yeah, because th- I feel like if they if they had tried to do that, it would have kind of like spit in the face of the entire lesson of the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. That, that, you know, that that's a that's a path for a uh, a show geared towards older kids would probably cover reconciling uh, blood and not blood relations, but yeah. um, it, it this was neither the time nor the place. Honestly, I think that like a lot. I mean, a lot of shows have this theme, but. Of and we've talked about this email of found family. Yeah, Ducktales as a whole has a lot. Just it's found family is one of the strongest themes in the entire show. Oh yeah, for sure. We, family, yeah. not just found family, but just family on the whole, because most of these characters are related. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's enough non-related people that it is also found family. And then there's, like, other families, all of them. Some found, some actually blood-related. You've got, like, Drake and Goslin. Yeah. And, and you've got, uh, freaking, uh, it just has his name, uh, Gizmoduck, uh, Fenton. Quentin. Fenton. Fenton and Fenton and his mom. Yeah. And, of course, you've got all the stuff with Lena and her found family. And then, like, just, there's family everywhere found and not found. Blood-related yeah. and not blood-related. Yeah. It, it's... Love family as a theme and stuff. Mm-hmm. You do kind of get into uh, reconciling uh, blood relations and not blood relations uh, early on with May and June yeah. being like, they're not your real family, whatever, blah, 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 yada, yada. Uh, I guess that, yeah. that sort of feeds into it later, but yeah. Yeah, it's again. It's part of the whole the thesis statement of 
the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. I the only other. <laughs> yeah. I just remember something stupid that I was gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I can't believe Della just straight up pulled off her own leg and used it like an axe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, fucking metal. That was metal. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you uh, got it, use it. You know. Yeah, for real. It, um, it's it's thin metal, and it's vaguely hand axe. Yeah, man. Fuck it, man. I'm kind of sad Daisy wasn't there, but I mean, hey, she's not like she's not, an adventurer. Yeah, she's, not, she's not an adventurer. That's the thing. She has yet to be bathed in the blood of adventure, except for that one time where she just straight up shouted at a god. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, she's got the fire. She just hasn't been baptized in blood yet. No, not yet. That's not the phrase. She's got the fire in her. She just hasn't been baptized by fire yet. That's the word I wanted to I, use. I don't even need an episode. I just need a. Mo- I just need like a photo montage of Daisy, Donald, and May and Jude's vacation. Yeah, I, I like that w- very much. I just want a photo album, and it's just like pictures of like. There's a picture of Donald hooking a fish, and then the next photo is him getting eaten by the fish. And then yeah. third photo is Daisy ripping him out of the fish's mouth. <laughs> yeah. You know, shit like that. Uh, yeah, I would I would I would love that. <sighs> also, can we talk about how fucking Bradford just straight up kills somebody? Like Yeah. Uh just straight up kills Heron. Like Alright, sure. Yeah. He he means business. He means business. Business? Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, I didn't. I was actually when I when we were getting into that, I was thinking, what? By the way, what happened to the rest of the board members on Bravers? Oh, they were his clones. Yeah. <laughs> I I remember that. That was a good little uh, tie up loose ends. Like you didn't need to tie up that plot point, but I it was something that was actually bugging me. I was like. There, there was more of him, wasn't there? Yeah, there were more members of the board, but yeah, that yeah. that was since like for like a cup since like they started introducing Bradford as a, like a antagonist character. I was like, whatever happened to them? Uh, Turns that, out they were clones. Yeah, they were clone silent uh, clones with no intelligence or personality or sapience. But yeah, fucked up. Yeah. They, they, uh, slugs, to use, uh, uh, Venture Brothers terminology. They were slugs. Yeah, basically. Um. Well, that's not completely accurate, but it's good enough. And then, again, this show could have continued really easily. Oh, yeah. There's, um, I mean, for starters, it's an adventure. You could just do Adventure of the Week format without any coherent plot. Uh, but we already talked about how easily there's a couple themes in this finale that could have been an entire season's worth of content. Yeah. Like, honestly, you could have explored more stuff with the Salego circuit if you wanted some sort of big plot point. Yeah. I mean, that, uh. that would have been a whole thing for a season of Darkwing Duck, because it's tied to Goslin's dad. Back, yeah, yeah. There's... I... 
you know, I would rather be satisfied with the ending but be left wanting more than feel disappointed. Oh, any day of the week. Yeah. So um, I, think that's, I think that's where I am right now on this show. Considering almost... I, I've, I don't think I've ever come... There's only been one time that I've come to a point in a show and been completely satisfied with something as a finale and said, like, I don't need it anymore. Uh, that either A, wasn't a criticism of the show because it kept going, or B, um, it kept going anyway, but it wasn't a criticism. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about my bad opinion about Gurren Logan before, and now I, I think the second half is completely unnecessary. Um, uh, but uh, I think I've also talked about my opinion about how the season four finale of Venture Brothers is a perfect finale for the series, but it kept going and it kept getting better. But I still think season four would have been a better finale than the no finale we got. Um, yeah. I think another good example of a show that straight up ends and it should end there, but it leaves you wanting more is Gravity Falls. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that people are still making fan comics of that alone says enough that people want more of that. Um, yeah. For sure. I, I, I am also of the mind. I, I don't much care for where a lot of those serialized fan comics fan continuity sort of things go because uh, a lot of them just sort of lean into shipping stuff more than anything else and I'd rather have more Twin uh, Twin Peaks twin for Peaks. kids Twin yeah, Peaks twin... for kids uh, or X-Files for kids or whatever I don't even like Twin Peaks all that much but I love the, the concept done for kids in Gravity Falls not yeah. that Gravity Falls is for kids, but a more kid-friendly approach to what Twin Peaks did. It's um, family-friendly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't got anything else to say. Me neither. If you haven't, if if you've been listening to this podcast for this long, and you haven't watched Ducktales, the fuck are you doing? The fuck are you doing? It's one of the best. You know what? I'm going to say it now. Best cartoon to come out... One of the best cartoons to come out in the last decade. No, yeah. Hi, no hyperbole. Yeah. Last decade? Absolutely. Like, I don't know if it's the best one, but it's one of the best. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could say it's one of the best either. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if the I could best. say it's the best either, but it's definitely one of the best. For sure. Top five. It's... Top Easy. five. It's 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 on the level of like how the last era, like Avatar, was like one of the best of its time. Yeah. You know, and I again I say that with no hyperbole. Yeah. One of the best animated shows to come out in a long time. For sure. Sad to see it go, but hey, got a good ending. Yeah. Hate to see it go. Loved watching it leave. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's it for upkeep. Uh, stay, stay tuned, because when we get back, it's time for uh, a little trip back to the 80s, but also back to the far-flung future of 2009 with Superdimensional Fortress Backcross.
And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated, where we're taking a look at Superdimensional Fortress Macross from 1982 to 1983. And also, um, we're doing it a little different this week, because we're also doing Macross Plus from 1994, um, which is the first sequel. Well, we'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, But we're doing it a little differently, because SDF Macross is 36 episodes, Macross Plus is only four. It doesn't really make sense to do a segment for each of those. So we're going to split the conversation by time rather than... uh, Segment. Yeah, rather than by series. So I've got show notes to go through, and I'm just going to go through both shows' show notes right now. Go ahead. All right. Starting with Superdimensional Fortress Macross, 1982-1983. Directed by Noburo Ishiguro, Fumihiko Takayama, and Yoshimi Tsuda. Uh, Kenichi Matsuzaki is credited for the screenplay, and Shoji Kawamori for the story and mechanical design. Kazutaka Miyataki also holds credit as a mechanical designer. Ishiguro is known for directing Moomin, Gotchaman, uh, Space Battleship Yamato, Yam. Uh, Yatterman, Lupin the Third, Astro Boy, and Legend of Galactic Heroes. Wow. Pedigree. Yeah. That's a Uh, fucking pedigree. Wow. Yeah. Uh, This is something... Macross is super important. I'll I'll get into this more, but Macross is super important. Regardless of our feelings about the show, it is super fucking important to the history of anime. Oh, Uh, yes, it is. Because of who worked on it. And how you... We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Takayama is known for directing six episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam 080, uh, 0080 War in the Pocket, one episode of Nadia Secret of the Blue Water, eight episodes of Bubblegum Crisis, as well as writing credits for Sword of the Stranger. Uh, Tsuda is known for storyboarding and or directing various episodes of Kiko Kai Garian, Ninja Robots, Le Miserable uh, Shoujo Cosette, and Yormagund. Uh, Matsuzaki is known for episodes of Daitarn 3, Mobile Suit Gundam, Bubblegum Crisis, Dragon Slayer, and Zone of the Enders Dolores. I. Uh, Kamamori has written and has writing and direction credits, as well as storyboarding for most of the series that make up the Macross franchise. Uh, the Escaflone TV series. Oh. Uh... The Daichi's Earth Defense Family, which is about a, a family that's also like a, a Sentai team, kind of. Uh, Arjuna, uh, Genesis of Aquarion, Basquash, and Nobunaga the Fool. Kawamori is responsible for many of the mechanical designs on Pet Labor the Movie, Mobile Suit Gundam 083, uh, The Afterglow of Zeon, Mobile Suit Gundam 083, Stardust Memory, and Damon X Machina. Uh, Damon X Mac. Oh, the video game. Yeah, the video game. Wow, cool. Uh, He also has various design credits and stage settings for Bye Bye Jupiter, Mold Diver, Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, Ace Combat Assault Horizon, 
Bodacious Space Pirates, Abyss of Hyperspace, and Thunderbirds Are Go. Wow. Uh, Miyataki's design credits, both mechanical and otherwise, are Space Battleship Yamato franchise, multiple Macross titles, Daikon 3 and 4, uh, Crusher Joe, Dirty Pair Project Eden, Gunbuster, Dirty Pair Flash, Doraemon, Nobita Drifts in the Universe, Angel Links, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, and Seed Destiny, and My, uh, My Hime, uh, The Girl Who Leapt Through Space, uh, and the Super Robot Wars original generation, The Inspector. Wow. Uh, in their book, Anime Encyclopedia, Jonathan Clements and Helen McCarthy claim that the series is one of the three unassailable pillars of anime sci-fi, pioneering the tripartite writing formula of songs, battle robot planes, and tense relationships. Uh, SDF Macross has multiple sequel series and was Frankenstein together with Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross and Genesis Climber Mospita by Harmony Gold to perform the Robotech series. Thus, through the smudged lens of Robotech, Macross is heavily responsible for the introduction of anime to Western audiences. Macross helped popularize the idea of transforming Mecha uh, in general, which was introduced into Diaclone. Uh, also designed by Shoji Kawamori. Designs from both would end up becoming the basis for Transformers in the West, which cemented the theme here. Macross was unique at the time because it focused on the perspective of non-combatant civilians as well as the combatants. Because of this, Macross is also responsible for another first, the Virtual Idol. While the concept of fictional bands predates the series, uh, with bands such as Alvin the Chipmunks, the Archies, the Banana Splits, uh, Coming a decade or more before Macross's Lin Minmay, it was Lin Minmay who was the first to gain real-world success with the song Do You Remember Love from the compilation film-slash-retelling of Macross, uh, which reached the top ten of the Japanese music charts. Uh, this became emblematic of the series, as both Macross Plus and Macross 7 both explore the concept of a virtual idol, as well as uh, producing charting acts of their own. Uh, last bit for this series is, it has long been theorized by fans that the relationship between the protagonist Hikaru Ichijo and Misa Hayase, as well as the setting, inspired the development of the plot of Top Gun. That doesn't shock me in the slightest, actually. Uh, there's no hard proof of that, but... Uh, Macross came out a bit before Top Gun, and, uh, there's a lot of similarities there. So, this is just an extra sidebar to the, uh, extra sidebar fun fact to the stuff about Diaclone and whatnot. When Hasbro eventually, the Diaclone was the original transforming robot toys, and Hasbro wanted to bring them over, and they teamed up with Marvel to make to write the Sunbow show, but suffice to say, not only did they use Diaclone, but, um, which is by Takara, they uh, also used some uh, models from other toy lines from Tatsunoko, one of them being some of the Macross toys, which caused some, let's say, legal problems. Yeah. And Takara was not happy about Hasbro making toys or adapting toys of their competitor. Yep. And that uh 
that stopped real quick. Uh, you'll notice that Jetfire in the original 80s cartoon looks very similar. To the to Valkyries. The, uh, yep. To the Valkyries. Yeah. It's it's because it's he is. Yeah. <laughs> especially, so, the, especially the toy. Yeah. Uh, Jetfire is toy. just a Valkyrie from He's Super Dimensional just... Fortress Macross. Uh, yeah. The, 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 how they got away with that was they actually um, the mask that's on the Valkyrie they got rid of it in the show and they give him like more of a traditional Cybertronian face. face. Yeah. Even though the the body shape and whatnot is very still very similar, it's like legally distinct yeah. enough that they were able to get away with it. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Macross Plus from 1994, uh, directed by Shoji Kawamori and Shinichiro Watanabe, with writing credits belonging to Shoji Kawamori and Keiko Nobumoto. Kawamori is also responsible for as the mechanical designer. Uh, we've already talked about Kawamori's background, so we'll go into the others. Watanabe is known for directing various episodes of Armor Hunter Mellow Link, Mobile Suit Gundam 083 Stardust Memory, Genki Bakuhatsu Ganbaruger, uh, the Escaflone TV series, Cowboy Bebop and its movie, Samurai Champloo, Working, uh, Star Driver, Kids on the Slope, Cowboy Bebop uh, PV, uh, Don't Bother None, Space Dandy, Blade Runner, Blackout 2022, and Carolyn Tuesday. Uh, Watanabe also wrote the segment A Detective Story from the Animatrix and served as a music producer on Mind Game, Michiko and Hachin, and Lupin the Third, Mine Fujiko To Iu Ona. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nobumoto, Nobumoto has writing credits for Cowboy Bebop and its movie, Kingdom Hearts as a scenario supervisor. What? Yeah. Uh, the screenplay for Tokyo Godfathers, uh, Wolf's Rain. What? Yeah. Oh uh, my god. Wolf's Rain TV series and OVA, Samurai Champloo, Space Dandy, and Carolyn Tuesday, as well as the live action Cowboy Bebop TV series set to release in 2021. That Kingdom Hearts shit is blowing my mind, honestly. Yeah. The, I, most of this stuff I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know all this. The Kingdom Hearts scenario writer and Tokyo Godfather's thing is... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's blowing my fucking mind, dude. That's all. I I learned something today. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, Macross Plus is the first sequel to the original Macross TV series that took place in the quote-unquote official timeline. Uh, although Macross 2 came first, Shoji Kawamori quickly retconned it into being set in a parallel world to uh, SDFN+. Plus. Uh, hmm. Plus was considered groundbreaking for its combination of traditional cell animation and its use of CD CG animation. Uh, the series was released as both a four-part OVA and, combined, and a combined feature-length movie. Plus's screenplay was originally conceptualized by uh, Nobumoto as a feature film, but was changed during production to a four-part OVA instead. In preparation for starting the series, uh, Shoji Kawamori traveled with action choreographer and animator Ichiro Itano, as well as other staff members, to Edwards Air Force Base in Edwards, California, for a few training sessions with dogfighting school Air Combat USA. 
The Strip also influenced the series, as New Edwards Air Force Base on Planet Eden was based on Edwards, uh, and Eden City was influenced by San Francisco and its landscape, and the wind farms found throughout the planet were also based on those found in California's Central Valley, though Eden's highways were based on those seen in sunny Orlando, Florida. Uh, the San Francisco stylings would appear again as the backdrop for Frontier City and Macross Frontier. That's the show notes. Wow. Yeah. That was a that was those are some beefy show notes, my dude. Kudos. Yeah. Uh, Kudos. Th- yeah. Uh, okay. Let's just get this out of the way. You didn't like Macross. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Plus, but I know you didn't like SDF. Okay. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me just let me start. Let me start from the top. Well, I, I had thing... more. I, I had more oh. that I wanted to say okay, before okay, we go. got to there. Okay. Um. I also wasn't crazy about it. Uh, I still have a lot of nostalgia for it through Robotech, but uh, yeah, that there, there's a lot of not so great stuff in it. Um, that said, super important. And you can feel its bones in a lot of other stuff that came after. Yeah, I was what I was gonna say from the top. There are things I did like. However, oh. it was too bogged down by a lot of the other. It hasn't it, to to put a fine point on it. It hasn't aged well. Yeah, that is the perfect way of putting it. It has not aged well at all. There's a lot of really stilted writing. It has a lot of really, even for the time, really jarring casual misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, not even getting into the, like, plot point about Kaifun and Minmei, which was the worst fucking thing, and it was so painful. Uh, apparently... Either in the movie or in some other version, it's stated that they're not related by blood in any way. Like, they're... Kaifun's parents are, like, family friends to Minmei's parents or something like that. And they just felt like cousins, or at least Minmei felt like he was her cousin or something like that. But it's still mm. not really any better. Well, within, they the context never... that, within the context I was given. Yeah, they never explained that in the show. So it's just creepy 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 the worst the worst one was like minmay to save all of the human race you have to kiss your cousin i'm sorry yeah <laughs> the worst actually the fucking worst yeah uh and <sighs> the other thing is ikaru ishijo is n- a very unlikable character he's an asshole incredibly unlikable even Roy Falker, who is your tip, he, he's just, uh, he, he's just Maverick from Top Gun, uh, is more likable than Hikaru. Yeah. Like, I don't, bo- both Minmay and, uh, frickin', I just had her name. Uh. Misa. Misa, both deserve better. Yeah, big time. That did was, uh, Hikaru is not only dense and insensitive he's just genuinely an asshole yeah he's also 16 <laughs> well uh which is what a lot of teenagers are 
Uh, uh, but that doesn't help. The 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 one like I was like, yeah, he's an asshole. The 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 one that really got me was in the the latter half when it's like two years after the Earth's uh, they're rebuilding, mm-hmm. and there's that scene where him and Minmay go to dinner, and Kaifun shows up. And just, like, basically abuses her right in front of Hikari and just sits there like a fucking yeah. door, door, like a fucking doormat and does absolutely fuck all. Dead fish look in his eyes, just like... Uh, and then just, just yeah. watches as Minmay leaves and acts as if she blew him off or some shit. He's... He, he's not... He... And, yeah. And then he shows up hours later to see Misa after not explaining why he had left. Yeah. And she still was... She still was like, it's okay. And then... And then he's like, it gives her the the scarf and it's like, it's not what you think. No, Hikaru, it's exactly what she thinks it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it does... I there there's so much to unpack because the idea of a space opera being the backdrop for a romance is really good. Yeah. But this romance is horribly written. Every the only character that's involved in this romance that I was rooting for at any point is Miso. Yeah. Uh Hikaru's a jackass. Uh I think it was not even halfway through the series that I just started actively rooting against Hikaru and Minmei. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, never have I disliked a relationship in a show or, like, a ship that I've actively rooted against it. But, oh, this one is the, the first like, God. on paper, the idea of these two people who started out in, as normal people and then, like, their two completely different lives causing them to slowly drift apart, on paper, could work. Yeah. In a better written show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a better, yeah, in a better written show. Um, And then, let's not even get into the animation errors, cause that, but that's part of the course for a show that, of this era. Yeah, that's it's 1983. It's... Now, that all being said, there were things I liked. Okay, let's get into that then. I liked the aspect of... Like, the, the, the opener, like the beginning, is actually really strong. Like, the building the mystery of what the Macross is and them getting teleported halfway across the galaxy and, like, salvaging things to, like, survive and, like, trying to travel back home and, like, trying to make a normal life. Like, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's actually interesting uh, bringing that up, actually. Uh, I've mentioned this somewhere before. I don't know if I just mentioned it to you or if I mentioned it on an episode previously. I actually, in high school, I had the novelizations for Macross. Oh. Uh, not Macross, for Robotech. Oh, okay. Uh, I had up to the end of Macross. Because, mm. uh, uh, yeah, I had up to the end of Macross, where Minmay and Hikaru go their separate ways, and yeah. Mm. Uh, 
though it was Rick Hunter in the in that one, because uh, Robotech. Um, Rick Hunter. Yeah, that that that's his name. In, yeah, that's his name in Robotech. God. Um, yeah. Um. An American ass American name. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how how they. I think they live. Uh, they don't change Minmay's name really. It, it's Lynn Minmay, but it's like Lynn's her first name, so it's like L Y N N E. Mm. And then I think Minmay is just her last name. Yeah. Uh, and then I can't remember how they changed Hayase's. And the uh, but stuff... but anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, the sorry, in the I'll novel, finish. yeah, in the novel, um. They actually go into the discovery of the Macross on Earth. Cool. Like, you see people exploring it and being like, God, these aliens must have been giant, because everything's for giants. And they go into how they had to retrofit in human-sized bridge onto the ship, and it, it really goes into the development of the Macross from an alien relic that they found to an active battleship. It, it's interesting. Um, Neat. But Macross doesn't. So yeah, it's it's kind of a shame because again, that's one of the more interesting things. Was I liked when it was like, let's salvage these two battleships and like retrofit them onto the Macross. Yep. And make a city inside of the the, the ship. Like that's cool. I like the yeah. idea of like salvaging things from what they had and trying to survive in deep space and trying to get back home. That that's an interesting start an interesting concept yeah um yeah the thing i liked was basically most of the space opera stuff that didn't have to do with the love triangle yeah yeah it, it's a really good space opera that it, it could use flushing out because it oh yeah it's it's it's, it's using it the space its yeah well i mean even more than that uh the space opera is meant to be a backdrop to the romance Problem is the romance isn't that great. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do really like Hikaru and Misa. I, I do like that Hikaru ended up with Hayase. Um, yeah. Even though she deserved better. <laughs> she deserves so much better. Um, Literally anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember in the novel, uh, Max actually had a much bigger part. Hmm. Uh, Max and... Um, I forgot her name. The Zentradi. Oh, uh, freaking... Yeah, the, the, the Zentradi lady who married him after, right after they met. Yeah, I remember... It's been more than 10 years since I read... I was in the ninth grade when I read these, so it's been well more than 10 years. Um, but... I remember there being more of, like, an actual romance there. Yeah. I mean, in a novel, you probably have more time to flesh out that sort of thing. Oh, it was more, it was a trilogy of novels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had a lot of time. Uh, the... They didn't get back to Earth till the third book. They had a long time, but yeah, honestly, I kind of wish that there was more focus on the getting back to Earth bit. Yeah, and the survival aspect and trying to make, you know, 
a new life. Like, I don't know. They they stretch it out more in Robotech, which is why they stretch it out more in the novels. Uh, makes, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the other thing that I really liked? I liked basically all this, like, most of the stuff that went down after the initial big fight with the Centradian rebuilding Earth and like trying to build a new government and people just trying to live different lives along with the Centradi and the stuff that can come from that and it's like that's interesting yeah but again it's all kind of bogged down by this really shitty love triangle plot yeah it... Macross deserves a proper like political drama that is I keep saying political drama what I'm looking for isn't a political drama It it's more of a, want, a wide want a proper, scope you want a proper space opera not no no that's not actually what i want i guess maybe what i'm looking for is more about these two societies reconciling and combining yeah uh for sure yeah uh there is another thing that's sort of like iconic that does come from this series i don't know if it started here but this is the series that kind of like made it famous is this is the birth of the itano circus yeah, you really see a lot of those here, and you see it even more in uh, Plus. Yeah, um, for those who don't know, uh, I forget his name. Uh, Itano, uh, uh, I... Ichiro Itano. Yeah. Uh, animator, director, he worked on a lot of stuff. Um, he's super famous for how he animated and drew basically big swarms of missiles. Yeah. Oh, did did you... He mentioned him, but, like, you know. Yeah, he, he was the uh, combat choreographer who went to the uh, dogfighting school with the director. Yeah, and he he's really famous for this one animation thing that he does where he's... Because he worked on Macross, he uses a lot of missiles, and the yeah. way he drew and di or directed the scenes with, like, all the missile spam... Yeah. Be ...became known as the Atano Circus. Yeah. I... I don't care how many times I see an Atano circus. It gets me every goddamn time. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a hype moment. Uh, I it love also, it. It's also sometimes called Macross Missile Massacre. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. You see a more refined form of it in Plus versus uh, Macross, but there's he had... Mm-hmm. A full decade to refine the Atano Circus. <laughs> so, so here's a, so the name first appeared in 1982 in a November issue of My Anime. Uh, <laughs> Kazutaka Miyatake, the mechanic designer, said, "Although we call it an Atano Circus in the interview, and the feature article was published in the next month issue, the circus is named after the acrobatic flight of a three-plane formation by Minoru Genda, a pilot of Imperial Japanese Navy Air Service, at a dedication <laughs> ceremony, which was called." the Genda Circus, and thus mm. that adaptation of, he adapted that thing that Genda did, Itano, and thus it became known as the Itano Circus. Interesting. Interesting. More you know. Yeah. But, I, I feel like uh, they deserve to mention, because I've I mentioned things being Obari as fuck, that this is, like, it, the Itano Circus is kind of like... A similar robot slash anime trope that has like a nickname. 
Oh yeah, it, it's uh, just a, a sci-fi mainstay. Yeah, for anything sure. with space battles or mecha or either, it, it's it's a mainstay. It, it's uh, you gotta if it's not there, it feels weird. Yeah, but um, also the other thing I did like about uh, Super Dimension Four Chris Marcos, I like all of Min May's songs. Yeah. Her songs are all real good. Uh, and I like how they use them as musical leitmotifs throughout the whole show. Yeah. Uh, it the Macross is known for its music, uh, believe it or not. Well, mm -hmm. I mentioned that earlier. But yeah, uh, music is a mainstay of Macross. I, I love me a good musical leitmotif. Yeah. But... Uh, That's a five dollar that. word. <laughs> Leitmotif. Yeah. I'm full of five dollar words. <laughs> yeah, well, both of us. But yeah, for sure. That that's a five dollar word if I ever heard one. Yeah, I'm really good at Scrabble. Yeah. Uh, but all jokes aside, um, and all of my criticism aside, this show is iconic and it's important for a reason. It just hasn't aged well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad I watched it now, but don't think I'd ever go back to it. Oh God, no, no! It was pain. No, it was no. that middle bit was painful. Yeah, like actually painful. You know what? Okay, you know, this is not to go on another tangent, but like, you know, you know, what else pissed me off the scene sure. where Kaifoon is like leaving and talking to Minmay, and the show is framing it like he's in the right. Yeah. Even though he's been an absolute piece of shit throughout the entire show. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Yeah. It, 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 the show doesn't do any of its women, do right by any of its women. Nope. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not, mm. You don't quite get, you know, where you get to with, like, later anime where you've got, like, upskirts and panty shots and uh, a lot of dirty vision, but it it doesn't do any of them justice. Nope. Uh, it's... Hayase is kind of defined by her relationship with the various men who've gone through her life. Her father... Uh, her lover who died on Mars, uh, Hikaru, um, even her relationship, her, mm. her professional relationship with, uh, Global, even, to some degree. Uh, she has this great moment where she pulls the entire bridge crew together in a time of crisis, but overall, her arc is her relative to the men in her life, and it, it's shitty. Um, she has, yeah, she has no other, her only other character trait outside of her relations with the men is her being strict and kind of a hard ass. Yeah, which, yeah, no, there's, there's nothing else to say there. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I like a hard ass character, uh, but she, yeah, uh, Minmay is, she, she has her goals and her 
wishes, but she's tr- infantilized throughout so much of the show. Like, we only see one real moment of maturity from her, and it's in, like, the last episode or so. Where eh. she, where yeah. she, you know, is like, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta and, go. And then, I mean, and you could have made a commentary on that about how, like, because she got into this idol thing so young, she kind of never really had any, like, she's, the idol industry in and of itself is, like, infantilizing her, but, like, we're not yeah. gonna get that cerebral and fucking this time no. period. No. Uh... Expecting any sort of commentary beyond War Bad from early 80s anime is expecting just a little too much. Fool's errand. Yeah. Um, You gotta really set your sights accordingly, uh, dear viewer, uh, or dear listener, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... It's worthwhile watching just because you see so much of its bones in stuff that came after. Like, I... I Specifically, like, Stardust Memory feels so strongly connected to Macross. Yeah. So do Um, a lot of of space operas, really. Yeah. A lot of space operas in general. But, I mean, specifically the... There are times where um, the relationship between... I can't... It's been quite a while since I watched uh, Stardust. But uh, the relationship between the main character and the the female lead feels very reminiscent of Hikaru and uh, Misa's relationship. Like, they just decided to cut out the triangle aspect of it. Um, Yeah. And you see a lot of its bones and stuff like Legend of Galactic Heroes. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It's impo- it's important. It's just, you know... Yeah, it's again. historically significant. It, it's... Yeah. It, it's the modern equivalent of the books no one likes reading in English class. Yeah. Uh, that are really important. Like, I, I did not much care for reading Of Mice and Men, but I recognize it's important. Same with Flowers for Algernon. And... I didn't like uh, Jekyll and Hyde, personally. I never had to read Jekyll and Hyde. I did. It was boring I... as shit. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde's really boring when you know the twist. Yeah. I once tried reading Jekyll and Hyde just for fun, but I didn't much care for it. Um, I enjoyed the Odyssey. Never had to read the Odyssey, believe it yeah. or not. We read the um, Odyssey. We read Romeo and Juliet. I've read Macbeth, Romeo and Ju- yeah. Beowulf. Yeah, Beowulf. Uh, Grendel. Grendel is another one we did. Um, um, Huckleberry Finn. Never had to do Huck Finn. Uh, did Tom Sawyer, but not Huck. Um, uh, Fahrenheit 451, but I liked Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, that's one of the ones I enjoyed. Uh, the Outsiders is another one I really enjoyed. Uh, the Giver. The Giver? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I didn't enjoy it until I finished it. Uh, yeah. I don't mean that like I was glad to finish it. I just meant like seeing it as a whole, I appreciated it. Uh, 
uh, Knight. Knight was very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hatchet. Yeah, hatchet. Uh, the rifle. The I never story. had to read the rifle. It was a short story. Uh, but now the one that was the one that I hated the most was the Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. I never had to read that. Holy shit! The Great Gatsby is boring. I saw the movie from like the early 2010s, but I never had to read that book. I remember the last episode when we had a side tangent about YA novels. This feels, this feels like we're treading in the same territory on that side tangent. Well, it's the lost episode, so who cares if we have this conversation again? <laughs> it's true. No one ever know. No one will ever know what we talked about on that lost episode. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Anyway, the point is. Uh, it, it's a bit of a slog to get through. Uh, but it's super important, and it's worth watching just from a historical perspective. Um, yeah. I will say, though, uh, I learned this quite after the fact, by which I mean I only learned it today. Uh, most people actually use Macross Plus as an entry point to the series. I mean, you know, I can see that. Speaking of Macross Plus. Yeah, let's um, let's take a quick break. And I, I can't okay. believe it actually worked out this way. Uh, but we're okay. going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to do uh, Macross Plus. Uh, we'll see you then. Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're gonna get into Macross Plus now. Uh, I already read the show notes for this one because I thought there wouldn't be an even break, but um, well, Apparently there was. Yeah, I won't reread it. Uh, so yeah, nineteen ninety four OVA series originally planned as a uh, movie, but released as an OVA and a movie eventually. Uh, it covers a sort of rowdy, roughneck kind of pilot who doesn't ain't take... He's Maverick. He's Maverick. He, he's Maverick. Now this, uh, this is Top Gun. Yeah, and this came after Top Gun, so it was just straight up Top Gun. Um, uh, you, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good, good. Uh, yeah, this is just straight up Top Gun. Because mm-hmm. uh, that guy is just straight up Maverick. Uh, it's Top Gun with, uh, 
suppose it's the sickening taste of uh, implied sexual trauma. Implied sexual trauma, uh, love triangles, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, Evil AIs that are pop stars. You know the drill. Yeah. I will say, uh, on the bright side, we learned that it, it was just assault and not sexual assault. Uh, it it mm. stopped beforehand, but... Still. Uh, it was still... Very, very fucked up. But also... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it also, um, racist a little. Oh, yeah, because he's half Centrati. Yeah, uh, but more in that, um... Visual, like, he's of color? Not of color, but he's a minority, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, yeah, he's he, a minority he's... stand-in by being an alien. Yeah, he's half Centrati, and then it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. He he lost himself to rage and almost uh, forced himself on someone who he then later had a sexual encounter with that, uh, even if it was consensual, seemingly consensual, it, it there's still a bit of a power dynamic thing there that makes it all ooty. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because it should start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so we got Maverick, uh, who's not actually Maverick. His what is it? Isamu? Yeah, Isamu. Isamu. Uh, he, he's a rowdy boy pilot. Uh, loves flying and fucking, and that's basically it. Loves disobeying um, orders. Yeah. Loves disobeying orders. Uh, he uh, starts with him getting reprimanded. Well, we first see a out-of-context scene of three teenagers uh, getting a flying machine built out of a bicycle and some wings working. It looks like a giant pterodactyl. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to Isamu getting chewed out by his superior officer and getting sent to a test pilot program that he is thrilled to be a part of. Where he meets his old friend, Gold. And eventually they meet their other old friend. Uh, I forget her name. The lady. Uh, oh, it... Mm. I just had it. Myung. Myun. And Myun. they all end up back on Eden, which is a world that they originally came from. And they haven't seen each other in seven years. And then sort of this whole thing unfolds of the, the rivalry between the two of them. And then the love triangle that was going on between them and some sort of past trauma and it's yeah. a whole and the, and then it's a whole thing through the whole thing they sort of like they don't sort of they just imply that Isamu assaulted Myun or was it fault in some way yeah uh when it was actually gold gold yeah um, but gold uh was so traumatized by it that he repressed. rewrote it in his head. Repressed yeah, he, it, yeah. He repressed the memory. Yeah, and rewrote it as something else. And it um, was only when he thought he had killed Asamu, Asamu yeah. that he remembered. Man, I... This one I feel real conflicted about. Yeah, um, there, are, there are things to like. I, I, I really... The dynamic between uh, Isamu and Gould 
I, I really like. Yeah, especially at the uh, end. Yeah, I really wish we could have gotten to see them actually be friends. Uh, rather than getting to be friends in Gold, Gould's last moments, because, spoiler alert, Gould sacrifices himself. Um, yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. But it, mm. Yeah. On on the po- on the on the positive side of things, I mean, not to say that this wasn't this was much better than Super Dimension Fortress Macross. I so said that for free. Yeah, more tightly animated. Uh, it had to be more tightly written because it's only four episodes. And um, the love triangle was not terrible. Yeah, because it doesn't even feel like a love triangle half the time. It feels like. The fallout of a love triangle, almost. I feel like the fallout of a love triangle, and really... The story doesn't really... I think one of the interesting things that the, that the, the theme of the, the OVA is... It's not about the love triangle, it's more about... Repressed emotions and dealing with trauma. Yeah. Confronting your trauma, which is true of me it's true of all three of the characters isamu runs away and is keeps getting and basically tries to escape his problems by like being a top gun and putting on this facade and trying to put himself in danger all the time and living life on the edge and gold has his own repressed memory and then miyun puts herself into her work and doesn't want to confront her emotions or her or her trauma which causes the whole thing to kind of blow up yeah really. Yeah, there. Um, Miyun is kind of she's like a she's the Minmay of the series a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I mean they definitely intentionally made her resemble Minmay. She she's uh, of Chinese ancestry, like Minmay was. Um, she's uh, has a a story that's centered around singing and being an idol, and at one point loving to sing. Uh, but she gave that up, and I think it's a little bit uh, the falling out of the friendship between her, Isamu, and Gold, and the uh, trauma she went through at because of Gold, uh, because of the uh, uh, because of what happened, uh, directly ties into her desire to not sing anymore because it it's like she you could see the train of thought of someone who has gone through something being like i brought too much blaming themselves i'm not blaming Mune, but it, it's like a yeah a blaming themselves by bringing too much attention to themselves she brought on this misery and so she completely throws out her desires of being a singer uh, because she doesn't want to draw that kind of attention again. Yeah, and then she, it's it's like and it's and it's in a way she's like she's lying to herself. She is still singing, but she's living through a facade. She's living through a persona in Sharon Apple. Sharon Apple, but pretending like she's not singing and not wanting to con- confront it while also still singing, but not. She's she's only half stepping towards confronting her own like trauma and also well, she's her. not 
you know? I would go further say she's not moving to confront it at all. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, you're right. She's just she's hiding it. She's pushing. Yeah, she, she's pushing it down, and she's hiding. Behind, she's hiding herself in her work and basically trying to do what she wants, but not really because she's again she's hiding behind a mask in this AI. Yeah, and you could. It's interesting. Um, before we get more into the 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 subtext, uh, you find out in later Macross series that because of the Sharon Apple incident, they actually strict very pass very strict uh, anti AI policies. Not shocked. Yeah, not shocked at all. Um, it took control of the Macross. Yeah, uh, hypnotized a bunch of people. A lot of people died. Uh, that <laughs> uh, good reason to not allow AIs um, or the development of AIs, I should say, or st- um, strongly regulate any development of AIs at the very least. Yes, um, but going back to the commentary, um, Sharon is representative of the. Uh, you often hear mental illness and trauma and depression referred to as a monster. Uh, Sharon, Sharon Apple is literally, uh, Mune's trauma monster. Yeah. Uh, and it, this, but this, rather than being a, a monster that is in her head that outwardly only affects her, but would affect her in such a way that it also affects the people around her, um... Mm-hmm. it's proportional to what her trauma is doing in her mind and to her life to the rest of the world as a malicious AI. Yeah, and it's both the trauma... It's, like, not just her trauma. It's, like, it's everything that she's repre- repressed, both positive and negative. Yeah. It's, it's not just her memories and her trauma about her assault, but also, like, her feeling lingering feeling for Isamu because she doesn't want her she she tries to repress any lingering feeling she has for Isamu because she, I think she, she again she self blames for the thing that happened absolutely and, and she and she's she, like if I have feelings for Isamu then I'll hurt gold and then that was then it'll be all my fault again and everything bad will happen and I don't want that blah 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 you know the the, the subconscious rationalizing the the trying to put it all away, you know. Yeah. But the subconscious—you can't hide the subconscious from Sharon, who is literally scanning her brain. Yeah. Uh, she, she is the emotional core of Sharon. And She's the uh, what's the word? The id. What's yeah, the, the id. Yeah, the id. Yeah, I was like, is that the proper? I, I, mm, I, I always had the id, ego, and super ego kind of fuzzy. Hold on, let's. Uh, but to use the parlance of the the show, she's the emotional core. She's making up for the missing code. Yeah, literally. Um. Uh, id, the part of the mind which innate it's instinctive impulses and primary processes is the id. It is instinct. So it's not it. It's probably ego. Ego. Mm, ego. A person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. 
that's I not what we're, that's not what we're looking no. for. We're looking for the other one. Super ego. Part of the mind that meditates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality. Super ego. Yeah, there we're looking go. for the super ego. Yeah. Whew. Uh. Process yeah. of elimination. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh. The, the the more. It's it's this is one of those well, where I was always watching it. I don't think I was um thinking about this, but and I probably wouldn't have thought about it too much if I just watched it on my own time. But because for the purposes of the show, I have to think about literally anything I'm watching for the purposes of the show with a critical eye. Yeah. I I really found the the subtext, and there's some interesting subtext. For sure, it. It was a really tense watch, and not at all because of the action. Because there is a lot of good dogfight and flying and action and stuff in this. Yeah. But it's all the interpersonal drama that's just super tense. Oh, yeah. Uh, I always... I hate Christopher Nolan because whenever I'm watching his movies, I feel like my asshole is perma-puckered. Mm-hmm. From the his sense of he has a really good mastery of tension, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> uh, it, it masterful at it, but I hate tense things because I it it sets off my specific brand of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the kind of person who, if there's any sort of tension, I just do a single long kegel. <laughs> um. And this had microdoses of that, where it it would give us a segment each episode where I'd be doing a kegel, and then it would give us some good dogfighting. I'd be like, ah, release. Kegel! Release. And, yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, on the subject of that, more Atano Circus, more really cool. There were a lot of... I liked the mecha designs in this one more, obviously, because it was, like, more modern. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it had that nine, late 80s, early 90s uh, mecha sheen to it that you see in, you know, a lot of Gundam series from that time, a lot of Super Robot series from that time. It, it's got that nice shininess. Weirdly, I want to say this, um, I... Dub pretty damn good actually. There was a couple stiff performances in there. Uh, Gould particularly felt pretty stiff. Um, I liked Isamu was actually pretty great actually. I yeah. liked I liked uh, Isamu's voice out there. Yeah. Uh, overall, the perf- it was a really good dub. Um, yeah, for the time especially. Yeah, I mean ninety. When did they do the dub? I know it came out in ninety four, but maybe ninety five, ninety six. A couple um, years after. Um, I did recognize Gold's voice actor because he's Bato. Yeah. Uh, we should do standalone complex on the show. We will. We yeah. will. Mm-hmm. Standalone complex, good. Yep. Hmm. Ah. Uh yeah, ninety five. Oh, uh, so yeah, a year after it came out. 
Yeah. <clears throat> but, um... Beyond the subtext, there's a lot of really nice animation, because, it, again, it's an OVA, so... Yeah, ooh, the, real sharp. Yeah, they're able to use the budget, um... Also, not only that, only four episodes. Like, they can really use the budget. Oh, yeah. The the whole total runtime is like 115 minutes, almost two hours long. I think. Yeah. Uh, hey. Uh, <laughs> uh you want to know, uh, th there's apparently two different uh, dubs. Uh, I don't know which one we watched. Uh, I don't, I but don't there, know there was a manga entertainment dub and a Bandai visual uh, dub. Uh, we watched the manga entertainment one. Okay, guess who Isamu was? Who? Brian Cranston! What? Yeah, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle and uh, Heisman. Uh, I forgot his actual name in Breaking Bad, but yeah. A Walter White. Walter White, thank you. Yeah, Brian goddamn Cranston. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, butter my buns and call me a biscuit. <laughs> uh, uh, gold was uh, Richard Epcar. Yeah, there you go, Richard Epcar, the legend. He's uh, really, he's done a lot of shit. Uh, I mainly know him from his work in, like, Digimon. He's yeah. Le Leomon and Myotismon and, like, a lot of major Digimon. He's also a uh, Xemnas in Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Uh, Myung was, uh, Riva Spear. I haven't heard of her. Uh, Lucy McMillan, who is the, uh, the blonde scientist, was, ah. uh, Diane DiRosario. Mm hmm Sharon Apple in, uh, the manga was, uh, Melora Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Marge Guldoa uh, was Stephen Bloom. Uh, Miller Johnson was Bo Billingsley. Huh. Uh, Yang, the the scientist who developed the YF nineteen, is uh, Daniel Warren and Kate Masso, uh, who is wait I don't know. K Kate's the friend, right? The the other high school friend. Uh yeah. Okay, yeah, that's uh, Edie Merman. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, the only different castings in the Bandai visual sub is uh, Isamu's David Hayter. Uh, David Gold is, fucking Hayter. Yeah. Uh, Gold is Michael Gregory, Sharon is Bridget Hoffman, and Yang is Derek Stephen Prince. Oh, Derek Stephen Prince is a uh, fucking... Uh, yeah, I recognize that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, he's um, also in Digimon. He's a uh, Ken. Oh. And okay, Impmon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is one thing I would like to mention uh, about uh, Last Kazuna or Kazuna Last uh, Evolution. Oh yeah. Uh, I watched the English dub, uh, and uh, they changed some of the voice cast oh, for the O two kids. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. There, you weren't gonna get everybody back. Yeah. Uh, specifically, Davis, Kari, I think TK. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkmon was different. There, there was a couple differences, uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, 
we'll go over that more if we ever do that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, Brian Goddamn Cranston is a Samu. That's wild. Yeah. Um, on the subject of the animation, don't hey if you have epilepsy or anything like that, don't watch this. Oh yeah, there's so much flashing light. The the Sharon Apple sequences particularly because it's. 90s, so it's a lot of laser light show, uh, epileptic nightmare bullshit. Uh, whoo, boy. It feels like the animators are like, the direction was, make this trippy as all fuck. Yeah, yeah. Make it feel like a rock concert. Make yeah. it feel like a, like a, a Pink Floyd laser light show. It, yeah, oof. basically, or whatever you want to, yeah, laser light show, or like you'd, something you'd see at the fucking... Uh, what's it called? The the space museum with the the star shit and the yeah the yeah, yeah. uh the mm, I know what you mean. It it's where they have those Pink Floyd laser light show Astro things. Globe, whatever the fuck, something like that. I I can't remember. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't remember. It it's fine. Uh, but you ever been to one of those? Yeah, like once a laser or tw- light show. Once or twice, yeah, they're trippy. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, they're cool. But um, because there's, I don't think there's. We mainly got a, We went over the. We already kind of went over the meat here with the, all the subtext and the. Yeah, yeah, that that. Like Macross being a uh, space opera as the backdrop to romance. This is uh, a. Sp- Space opera, not space opera, but a, a mech series being the backdrop to a story about trauma. Yeah. A story about trauma, and basically it's a, a personal drama, pretty much. Yeah. A, and about trauma, about forgiveness, about confronting, confronting your trauma, about repression of emotions, and... And running away it, from your problems. All the stuff, man. It is a big ol' uh, brochure for why mental health care is important. For sure. Uh, everyone could benefit from speaking to a therapist uh, as long as they're willing. Uh, yeah. Because if you're going to fight it, it's no good. Um yeah. Hopefully if uh but especially those who have undergone traumatic circumstances, they could definitely benefit from it. Yeah, thankfully uh, a rogue AI won't try to destroy everything if, you know, you have a bad day. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh but if you have a bad day, you can kind of destroy your life. Uh mm-hmm. self-destructive behavior is problem a cornerstone yeah. a cornerstone of uh the bad mental health bad mental health um, and trauma it's all hand in hand really yeah and uh, i don't know if this i don't know if this anime handles it like it doesn't delve deep deep it's a very it's very subtle in what it's trying to tell but i mean that's fine in its own way yeah uh, I, it wasn't until, like, hours later that I came away with the feeling of, like, I got that it was talking about, it, it actually wasn't until we started recording that I really got that 
idea that it was talking about trauma because I thought mm-hmm. all while watching was like, man, I really wish this wasn't in it. But uh, it's kind of the point. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's you can't ignore the existence of things. You have to confront things that you don't want to. And this does a good job of forcing you to. And then it tells a pretty good story uh, about the effects of trauma as long as you can catch the subtext which i'll be honest it's not all that subtle (laughs) it's not uh yeah but the the only like major criticism i want to lob here is this needed an epilogue Ooh, big time this needed some kind of epilogue like the destroy the ai and the destroy sharon and then it, it just it ends like there's no this needed yeah. an epilogue. This needed a fifth episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, needed a fifth episode. It needed like, f- literally, just give me five minutes. Yeah. Give me five minutes of flash ahead to a couple months later, and Miyun and Isamu are visiting Gould's grave, and the pterodactyl flies over. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And then, like, then you have like a, a sort of superimposed image of the pterodactyl flying over with. Isamu on the 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 thing that the airplane that they made together shaped like a pterodactyl like it's yeah it's that's it you just 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 that you didn't just need a lot just a little bit yeah it didn't need a lot but it needed an epilogue yeah but who boy other than that honestly yeah I, if people who are saying that they start with this yeah say it's a pretty yeah. good starter you wanting to get in my uh, cross I've even I, I even when I was looking that up, I heard some people using it as a means of getting people into anime. Period. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I mean, okay, this was in the context of the '90s. Oh yeah, from in the '90s. Oh yeah, totally. This is probably one of the better things out at the time. Yeah, '95, '96, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because because uh, when I was growing up, the thing that you would get someone to watch who wasn't an anime was Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, that that would get a lot of people on board. Yeah, because uh, it's the least anime anime of its era, <laughs> if sure. you know what. I, yeah, um, um, we're gonna have to do Cowboy Bebop for a special episode. Oh yeah, it's its own episode. Cowboy Bebop in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what we're gonna do for episode fifty. We're gonna do something for episode fifty. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. That's a that's a many months away. I actually do have an idea of what I would like to do for episode 100. Hmm. And it's a bit of a uh, evergreen episode rather than uh I- I'd like to do rather than a series, I'd like to do little vignettes about various other episode 100s of animated shows. Yeah. That could be interesting. Because it, it's the syndication number. It is the syndication number. Uh, I, I, Or for some things, it's the syndication number, I think. Um, or at yeah. some point it became. 
It's like 70 to 100 is the syndication number. Yeah, it depends on how long the show, like the the runtime of a show. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think it'd be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. We could talk about the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, episode 100. We could talk about a couple others. Uh, Simpsons. Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. Uh, Edit and Eddie King had the... 100 episodes. Yeah. King of the Hill had a, at least 100 episodes, I think. I don't know if they did anything special for it. Yeah. Uh, Might be yeah. a thing. Yeah, but that, that's that, way... That, that's way... Yeah, that that's way out of there. Uh, 50 is... It's spitting distance, but it ain't, uh, mm-hmm. it ain't imminent. It's months away. Yeah. But, um, I think that's all I have to say about my cross plots. Yeah, same. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to close this bitch out. We will see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? Hey everybody, welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. We're going to finish up here, and then uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, that's it for Mecha March. If you'd like to see us do Mecha March again, uh, let us know. Uh, but before we get into our usual, you know, spiel, I do have one thing I'd like to say. I, I brought it up a little bit uh, last time, but I, I would like to do it with a little more specificity. I'd like, uh, we were recently uh, mentioned on a uh, website called Feedspot, where they did a top 50 animation podcasts list, where we ranked number 20. Uh Th- thank you for mentioning us. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for getting the word about us out there. I I, I don't know much about Feedspot. Neither do I. Yeah, but uh, thank so- you. Sounds a little clickbaity, but I'll take it. Yeah, hey. Uh, clickbait is still, uh, you know, means someone's paying attention. It's true, but... um. That's the show. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please, wherever you listen to this, uh, give us a review. Rate us. Yeah. Uh, uh, rate, review, uh, comment, like, subscribe. Send feedback in general, really. Yeah. Uh, it's the only way we'll improve if we know what we could be doing better. Because mm. we think we're doing a pretty good job, but... If you disagree, we'd like to hear why. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you also want to get in... If that's one of the ways you can send us feedback. If it, also, another way you can send us feedback is through the email. 
Yeah, you can email us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Kai, let me hear that back. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's right, and if you don't feel like emailing us, you can find us on Twitter at Podcasts. That is at I-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. At Inc. Podcasts. Uh, where at, can they find... Oh, you, oh, yeah, you can at us or DM us on the Twits. Yeah. Yep, and where can they find us on Tumblr? Uh, you can find us on Tumblr uh, at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yep. Uh, uh, if you send in an email or an ask to either of either the email or the Tumblr, we will read it on the show. Unfortunately... Uh, no asks this week. No emails either, I checked. Um, but if you want to get in contact with one of us individually, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at TurboHoncho. That's at T-U-R-B-O-H-O-N-C-H-O. Uh, Kai, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kaiju underscore Emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. You can also find me on Tumblr at Kaiju-Emperor. Spelled the exact same way. Those two were mainly retweets, reblogs. That's things of that nature. But if you want anything original from me, uh, I have a side blog called Kai's Tome. Uh, K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. Uh, where I post homebrew D&D stuff. I also reblog... Uh, other homebrew things like maps and other people's magic items and similar things of that nature. Alright, is that it? Mm-hmm. That's it. Alright. Uh, next week, we're going to have a friend of the show and uh, past contributor, uh, Adrian, back on to take a look at JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders. Uh, but until then, uh, don't be a jackass. See you next time. Bye! Over there? I guess. Barbarian!